Life Audio. Christian Parent Crazy World with Catherine Seegers is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Welcome to Christian Parent crazy world, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. I am your host, Katherine Seegers, and in today's episode, we will tackle this very compelling question. How can we help our kids understand who God is? Mm, Now, we are continuing in a series on dealing with the difficult parts of the Bible. In episode 31, I gave you seven super practical guidelines for dealing with the tough parts of Scripture. Then in episode 32, I took those guidelines out for a test drive, and I applied them to a tough section of the Bible. Then in the last episode, episode 33, I talked about how some people, like Richard Dawkins, who is a very prominent atheist, like to string together these difficult sections of scripture to paint a very inaccurate portrayal of who God is. And I gave you a phenomenal visual on that. It wasn't mine. I stumbled across it in a book, but I did give a rather dramatic interpretation of it, if I do say so. So you should definitely check out that episode, all of those episodes, if you didn't get a chance. Now, the point of that last episode is that it is very, very easy to cherry pick these little vignettes out of the Bible and string them together to paint a really distorted picture of who God is. People do this all the time. And we want to prepare our kids for that kind of attack on God, on the Bible, and on our faith. We must, moms and dads, we simply must do this if we want to help our kids to stand strong in the faith when they get out there on their own. Now, in this episode, I want to talk about two attributes of God's character that are often misunderstood and are vitally important for us to understand and for our kids to understand. We must properly comprehend these parts of God's character if we want to prevent our kids from falling for the God is a monster trick that people like Richard Dawkins and so many others like to pull. These attributes are God's mercy and his justice. They are opposite ends of the pendulum, but they are both critically important attributes of who God is. If we don't understand these aspects of God's character, then we really don't know him. I'm going to start by using an example from literature from the greatest playwright ever to help us understand these divine attributes. Yeah, you know, we're going to get a little bit cultured today and I'm going to dust off my old acting boots for you. And then I want to share a phenomenal story from Dr. R.C. Sproul that encapsulates these attributes of God's character in an unforgettable way. You are going to love that story. That's the plan for this episode of CPCW. So let's get started. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. 
This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So we are going to get a little cultured here today. You might have studied Shakespeare back in high school or in college, or maybe you went on to graduate school in performing arts like me, and you studied them in grad school. I, You know, I know, I know most people closed the book on Shakespeare many years ago and probably hope to never open it again. I get it. You know, the bard is tough. But honestly, yeah, I fell in love with Shakespeare my senior year of high school. And, you know, we were studying Hamlet and I was just a goner. From that moment on, I was completely gaga over the bard. You know, I, I could have performed Shakespeare for the rest of my life and been perfectly happy. But I know, I get it. He's complicated. And we, we don't talk like that anymore. So it can be tough to dissect. But when it comes to encapsulating a thought or a concept or a reality with, with exquisite language, no one, no one did that better than Shakespeare. So I want to look very briefly at one of his plays. This play has one of the greatest female characters in, in all theater, truly in all of literature, never, Never got to play her myself personally, not bitter. But uh, the, this woman gets the great speech in the play, which honestly rarely happened in Shakespeare or anywhere else back in that era. The women, you know, they didn't get the showstopper speech, but she does here. The play I am referring to is The Merchant of Venice. Here's a brief summary of the play. This is from Shakespeare.org. I'll, I'll paraphrase it a bit. Antonio is this anti-Semitic merchant. He takes out a loan from this Jewish guy named Shylock to help his friend court. And, you know, that's just an old-fashioned way of saying date, this woman named Portia. Yeah, Portia liked a sports car. The problem is Antonio can't repay the loan. Don't borrow money to date someone, by the way, or to help someone 
date someone that that is really not smart but anyways Shakespeare was not known for his clever plots he was known for his clever use of language so Shylock wants his money back and Antonio can't repay it and without mercy Shylock demands for payment a pound of his flesh he essentially wants to kill the guy or or force him to amputate a limb or something like that in order to repay him. You you may have heard that saying before, a pound of flesh. That comes from Shakespeare, from the Merchant of Venice. When someone is insisting on a pound of flesh, they are dogmatically demanding justice. The heiress, Portia, who is now the wife of Antonio's friend, she dresses up as a lawyer and saves Antonio. Okay, so that's the gist of the play. Portia, she gives this this speech at the end of the play. This is what actually ends up saving Antonio. It's so phenomenal. You may have heard parts of it before. Don't worry, I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'll provide commentary throughout so you can follow it very easily. But this is what Portia says. The quality of mercy is not strained. And that just means that mercy has no limits. And isn't that true? God showed no limits in his mercy. He gave us his son, his only son. That's how far his mercy went. So Portia says, The quality of mercy is not strained. It it droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. (laughs) Love that. Isn't that beautiful? That is where mercy comes from. It comes from God himself, from heaven. Mercy is not an innate human characteristic. She goes on. It is twice blessed. It blesseth him that gives and him that takes. Tis mightiest and the mightiest. It becomes the throned monarch better than his crown. In other words, mercy is more fitting for a king than even his crown. Portia says, his scepter shows the force of temporal power, the attribute to to awe and majesty, wherein doth sit the dread and fear of kings. Okay, so that's a little complicated. It just means that an earthly king can use his scepter to bring about justice through an iron fist if he so chooses. Portia says, though, but mercy is above this sceptered sway. It is enthroned in the hearts of kings. It is an attribute to God himself. An earthly power doth then show likest gods when mercy seasons justice. Oh, I love that. Yes, we are most like God when we allow mercy to season our quest for justice. Portia concludes, Therefore, Jew, she's still talking to Shylock, Though justice be thy plea, consider this, that in the course of justice, none of us should see salvation. We do pray for mercy, and that same prayer doth teach us all to render the deeds of mercy. Oh, so beautiful. Shakespeare exquisitely showed us what the Bible says. Salvation does not come through justice. Salvation comes through mercy. And since we have been given mercy, we must in turn give mercy. Mercy flows from God like the gentle rain from heaven above. Mercy is who he is. But... 
There is a reason we cry for justice in this world. Something deep within us longs for justice. Why? Because, yes, while God is merciful, he is also emphatically concerned about justice. Not Shylock's kind of justice to get his money back, but human justice. You know who were the first justice warriors, the, the first human rights activists in all history? The Old Testament prophets. They talked about justice all the time because God is intensely concerned about justice. Our culture, our, our society is obsessed with justice right now. You know, they don't often define it correctly, but they are obsessed with it right now. It hasn't always been this way. Look at look at much of ancient history and, and most of human history. You know, you won't see a lot about justice in those accounts. You see a, a lot of wars and conquering and spreading of empires and war prizes. Who are women, by the way? Thank you, Homer. And, and to be completely honest, we do see some of that in scripture and, you know, in the history portions. And I don't have time to dig into all of that, you know, in this episode. Suffice to say that God allows people to be conquered, even his own people. He doesn't show favoritism when they violate his standard by acting unjustly. Listen to some of these these verses about God's concern for justice. This is Psalms 82 verse 3. Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, and plead the widow's cause. Micah chapter 6, verse 8, he has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. God cares deeply about justice. He does. And, and you know, don't we all? If someone breaks into your house and steals your stuff, you want justice. If someone assaults you or, or your spouse or, your, or especially your kids, you want justice. Mama bear is coming out, right? God forbid someone should take the life of someone you love. You want justice. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. But here's the thing about justice. We don't want justice for ourselves. No, 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 no. We want mercy for ourselves. We want justice for everyone else. And that isn't how God works. While he is passionately concerned about justice, 
he is equally, if not more, concerned about mercy—the quality that we so beautifully examined from Shakespeare, the divine quality that is God and God's alone. Mercy. Time and time and time again, we see that God forgoes justice and gives. Mercy. We see his mercy throughout the Bible. Mercy literally runs through God's veins. He he sent his only son Jesus, who has gone the flesh, to bleed and die, so that we don't have to receive his justice. Mercy triumphs over justice. To quote to quote Shakespeare the Bard, you know it triumphs over justice on the cross. There are only two options in life when it comes to our interaction with God. We can receive His mercy if we humble ourselves and repent, or we can receive His justice. The problem is, God's continual mercy makes us feel entitled, like like we somehow deserve it. And then, when He exercises some justice, which we deserved all along, we're offended, we're indignant, and we call God a monster. I have a story that I want to end with、uh, from Doctor R. C. Sproul, a world-renowned theologian and Christian apologist. I think that it encapsulates how we sometimes come to see God as a monster for exercising the justice we deserve, when in fact, you know, we just got so accustomed to His mercy, we thought we deserved it. I'll link this article for you in the show notes. Sproul starts by saying. Quote, we become so accustomed to God's normal pattern of grace and mercy that we not only begin to take it for granted, we begin to assume it, to demand it. And then, if we don't get it, we're furious. Then Sproul tells this story. He says, "When I was a young college teacher, I had the task of teaching two hundred and fifty freshmen in a college introduction to the Old Testament." On the first day of class, I had to give out the assignments, and I had to be very careful about what the requirements were because they'll twist them any way they can to get out from under them. And I said, "Look, we have just a few little term papers here, you know, three to five pages or two to four pages, short little papers, four of them. If you don't turn them in on time, you get an F." On the assignment, unless you were, you know, confined to the infirmary or have a death in the immediate family, I had to spell that all out for them. And I said, "Does everybody understand?" "Oh yes, oh yes, we agree." They responded. So I said, "Okay, the first one's due on September thirtieth." On September thirtieth, two hundred twenty-five students diligently came forward with their term papers. Twenty-five of the students were standing there, shivering and and shaking in fear, and they said, "Oh, oh Doctor Sproul, you know we di- we didn't get our papers done. We didn't budget our time. We didn't make the transition from high school to college. Please, please don't give us an F. Let let us have a couple of extra days." I said,、oh, "Okay, I'll let you have it this time, but don't let it happen again. Remember, now next month, I want those term papers here on time." Then October thirtieth came. Two hundred students came with their term paper. Fifty of them didn't have their term paper. See what a little mercy does there? <laughs> yeah, I said, "Where's your term paper?" 
they said, oh, oh, Professor, you know, everybody's term papers were due this week, and this week was homecoming, and we were so busy with the floats and all that stuff. Please, please give us just one more chance. So I said, okay, I'll give you a two-day extension. And you know what happened? They began to sing spontaneously. We love you, Professor Sproul. Oh, yes, we do. You know, I was the most popular professor on campus until November 30th. On November 30th, 150 students came with their term papers. The other hundred walked in like they were going down the street for a loaf of bread. And they were they were all casual and relaxed. I said, Johnson. He said, yes, sir. I said, where's your term paper? He said, hey, prof, you know, don't worry about it. I'll have it for you in a couple of days. I took out the black book and I said, Johnson. He said, yes. I said, F. Ewalt, where's your term paper? Uh, I don't have it, sir, he replied. And I said, F. Cunningham, F. About that time, someone in the back of the room shouted out, you can guess what they shouted. That's not fair. (laughs) Patrick, did you say that? I asked. He said, yes. I said, you shouted, that's not fair. And he said, right. I said, do you recall that you didn't turn your paper in on time the last time? He said, that's right. I said, okay, if you want justice, if you want fairness, you're going to get justice. And I wrote F for both. And I said, anybody else? Anybody else here want justice? Ladies and gentlemen, we need to understand the difference between justice and mercy. This is still Sproul talking here. The minute you think that God owes you mercy, a bell should go off in your brain that warns you that you're no longer thinking about mercy. By definition, mercy is voluntary. God is never obligated to be merciful to a rebellious creature. He doesn't owe you mercy. As he has said, I will have mercy on whom I shall have mercy. I'll close with this. Still, Sproul speaking here. A holy God is both just and merciful, never unjust. There's never an occasion in any page of sacred scripture where God ever punishes an innocent person. God God simply doesn't know how to be unjust. I thank him every night that he does know how to be non-just because mercy is non justice, but it is not injustice. So I'll leave you with this. When you say your prayers, don't ever ask God to give you justice. He might do it. And if God were to deal with us according to justice, we would perish. But we live by grace, by his mercy, and let's never forget it. That Mamas and Papas, is the picture of God we should always keep at the forefront of our minds. It's the picture we should teach to our kids. He offers us mercy, but we deserve justice. And God help us if we ever forget it. So, 
Next time, mamas and papas, we are going to keep looking at these difficult parts of Scripture so we can stand strong in the faith ourselves and we can better teach our kids. I want to thank you for joining me today. Look, I know there are a lot of things you could be listening to right now, and I really appreciate that you took this time to spend with me. I hope you will join me for my next podcast when we take aim at some aspect of our culture that threatens to derail our parenting and steal our kids' faith. If you enjoyed this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, would you consider telling a friend and sharing it on social media and giving it a good review over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and following me on Facebook and Instagram? Oh, oh and maybe you could say that Christian Parent Crazy World is the best podcast you've ever heard in your entire life. Just a thought. Uh, And be sure to check out my website, which is katherineseegers.com. That's Catherine with a C. I have lots of articles and resources there that will help you on your parenting journey. And if you subscribe, I will be sure to send you some really cool free stuff and notify you of future podcasts, articles, and blogs. I want to end this and every episode with a word of encouragement. God gave you your kids, your specific kids for a reason. That's because you hold the key to unlocking who God created them to be. We'll see you next time. Christian Parent Crazy World is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. To hear more from Katherine Seegers, visit her site, katherineseegers.com. If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a minute and leave us a rating and review in your podcast app? It really does help us connect to more listeners like you. A special thanks to Kelly Gibbons, Stephen Sanders, and Stephen McGarvey for their production and editing on this episode. You can find more podcasts like this over at lifeaudio.com. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.